I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Welcome to my testimony podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'm happy to have you here and just to have you here today's episode. Testimonies, you know, always encourage me like when I have to hear a testimony and although I'm recording it for you all, I'm also taking it in for the first time and I'm being just as encouraged as each and every one of you are. So <laughs> I pray that, you know, this testimony as well will, will edify you and encourage you. Um, before we get into the testimony, I definitely want to encourage you with the word of God. Today, I want to read from Galatians chapter four. I'm going to start at verse four and just read a few verses down. Um, this starts off by saying, it says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And that is encouraging to me because it's like, the fact that we inherit all that God has, like the Lord is not selfish. Jesus is not selfish. Our father, God is not selfish. He is a God of love and he has freely given to us his kingdom. Like he has freely given to us his only begotten son. And now we get to say, Abba, father, we get to call God our father and the revelation of that truth it will really take us to a higher level when we fully take in the truth and the full meaning of what it means to be a child of God, to be in sonship with our father and to have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I pray that you're blessed by that scripture. In today's testimony, we have Jeff on the um, on the podcast and Jeff McClintock. He actually is going to testify about coming into the revelation of what it truly means to be, you know, a child of God, like the revelation of his righteousness. And Jeff, he actually is a co-founder of 420 Ministries. Jeff has a heart to equip the saints with tools to live everyday life with the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and get into Jeff's testimony. Hey, my name is Jeff McClintock, and first off, I'm super honored to be asked to be on this podcast. Um, I think this is absolutely incredible, um, just testimonies of what the Lord is doing. Um, and for me personally, um, I'm, I'm excited to share. I love sharing my testimony. Um, I grew up in church, going to church every Sunday. Uh, great family, amazing family, uh, followers of Jesus. Um, and we, I still go to the same church today and I'm, I'm turning 30 this, this year, but I'm, I'm still going to the same, the same church as I grew up in. Um, and I'm really thankful, um, for just the foundation of like 
learning scriptures and studying scriptures. Um, I'm really thankful for that because of what the Lord's done in my life. But as a church kid, um, there are great advantages and also great disadvantages to growing up in church. I think uh, when I was 10 or 11, when I was 11, I think I, I still remember it. I was driving with my mom and she, uh, she was telling me, sharing the gospel with me. Um, and I was finally ready to, you know, give my life to Jesus. And at the time, what I understood that to be was, you know, saying a prayer, um, repenting of, of my sin and committing my life to Jesus. And my mom led me through that while she was driving. Um, and I got baptized shortly after, uh, 11 years old, same church got baptized. Um, but the problem was, <laughs> is like growing up in church and being in church culture and being raised by a Christian family is like, I, I knew everything uh, intellectually about the gospel. I knew a lot of things about Jesus. I knew scripture. Um, I just, I, like, I knew a lot of things, um, but I don't think it really translated to my heart yet. And um, so I, I lived like 10 years of my Christian faith, you know, 11 to 20 or 21, like just kind of going through the motions um, we'd I'd go to church every Sunday, you know, hear a message. Um, you know, it was just the same thing week after week after week and learning more about Jesus. And that was the goal for me was just to learn more about Jesus. And I think um, at a young age, giving my life to Christ, I under the way I understood it was like, OK, now I have like a reservation in heaven for when I die. And that was what salvation meant to me. Um, you know, you follow Jesus and then when you die, you you be with Jesus. I didn't understand how to actually live for Jesus because I don't think my heart was in it yet. Um, and so fast forward a little bit, I go to high school. Um, I grew up in public school and then I transferred to a, a Christian high school um, where again, the emphasis was like, was about learning about Jesus. I mean, we would do homework assignments that were focused around scripture. I'd take Bible class everything about that school was focused on learning about Jesus and learning, learning the Bible specifically. I mean, at, and I didn't, I didn't take Greek class or anything like that, but there was a Greek class. I just didn't want to take it. Um, but what you need to know is like, I was addicted to pornography probably ever, ever since I gave my life to Jesus. Um, so that continued for years. Um, and because I, I grew up in church and was taught scripture and was taught about Jesus. I knew, uh, I, I did know in my heart that that was wrong, but I think because I, salvation for me was intellectual. Like it was about what you know, it was about what you learn. Um, and because of that, I had no grace. I had no power uh, to actually get out of a sin cycle because it was all like Christianity to me, following Jesus to me was about, the intellect. It wasn't really about the heart yet. Um, and, you know, to, to my family's credit, to anyone's credit, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand fully what I was giving my life to. And after going to Christian high school, I got a scholarship to play basketball for a Christian university. And so it, <laughs> conti it continued in college. And, and um, what I found out was that 
and I just went to college to play basketball and get a business degree. I had no interest in, in ministry or making this like what my life is about. You know, I was, I, I did try to love Jesus the best I could. If somebody asked me, are you a Christian? I would say definitely yes. And I, you know, I even got into apologetics and even that is like intellectual in and of itself. But Christian college for me uh, was more of the same thing, you know, it was just more in depth learning. <laughs> I'd go to class and do a homework assignment. Literally the only time I'd open my Bible was to, was because of a homework assignment. Um, it was never to engage in relationship with the Lord. It was never uh, for intimacy with God. It was strictly <laughs> so I could pass my classes. <laughs> and so, but my sin, the sin cycle continued all through, through college. And, um, and, and like 10 years of that will just eat it, eat at your heart. You know, you let something like that into your life. You let a lot of other things into your heart too. And so, throughout those 10 years, I would, I would mess up. I knew it was wrong. I would apologize to God, repent, and I would try my best. And then I would fail later, like two days later. And that pattern happened for, for years in my life. And I think through that, um, and the interesting thing is I, I, I learned really well the voice of the accuser <laughs> through those through those years of addiction to that and through the years of messing up, I learned the voice of the accuser. But the problem was because I didn't have it, like the gospel didn't translate to my heart yet. I didn't have like the relationship with God to where I could differentiate between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the accuser. And so I confused the voice of God with the voice of the accuser all the time, you know, saying like, you, you always be a failure. You, you know, you'll, you'll never be free of this. Um, you're, you're a terrible person. And like that led to so many other things of like, I just had a lot of heart issues. And like, I viewed the world through this, this terrible filter, um, because I couldn't get free of this, of this particular thing. And, uh, and when I went to Christian college, I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to be around guys that are on fire for the Lord. And maybe I can learn something. I found out that wasn't the case. <laughs> and I was so, I mean, I don't know why I expected different, but when I got around guys in my dorm, I mean, it was the same thing for them. And it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of people. And these guys were going into ministry. And I'm like, at least I'm not going into ministry, you know, I'm like, shoot, I'm just trying to get a business degree and I'm I'm trying to live for the Lord, but I, I absolutely, absolutely cannot live for the Lord in my own power. And I would meet guys that had the same struggles as me, um, believe the same things as me, and yet were still not free of the things that I struggled with. And so I, I thought it was like a normal thing to actually just like, I thought Christianity was just like struggling for your entire life, trying to hang on until you die and then you go to heaven. Like, that's what I thought Christianity was. And <laughs> it was about halfway through college. Um, I wandered into, uh, these, this guy's dorm room, um, who I, you know, I hadn't met yet. And, um, his name was Weston and, uh, Weston was reading, reading his Bible. Um, and I was like, I just asked a simple question. I was like, Hey man, like you got a homework assignment? Like what, what class is this for? And he looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> he was like, no, like I don't have a homework assignment. And I'm like, wait you don't have a homework assignment and you're reading the Bible. I was like, why in the world would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, he was like, again, he looked at me like I was dumb. He was like, like, this is my relationship with, with God. And I was so like, there's nothing special about that, but I was so drawn uh, by that. And I'd never really, I'm sure I grew up around people like that. But I just I, I wasn't awakened to it yet, you know? Yeah. I didn't I didn't know about that aspect of Christianity. All I knew about was like the intellectual part, apologetics, like learning more. And I thought if I learned more, I could eventually be free. Um, but like something about his his like his heart just fascinated me. And his roommate was the same way. His roommate was uh, his name is Matt General, and um, he's my he's one of my best friends and. I started a ministry with uh but anyway so I like I was really attracted to like what these guys had with the Lord and so I was just like had to be around them more and so I started asking a bunch of questions like hey like like what what does this even look like like what is relationship with the Lord and like for me I I wanted like a formula as an answer like a plus b equals c like tell me how to get where you are by giving me the tools to get there. And like, it was so frustrating because they would never like answer my questions with a, with a formula. Like I'd ask them a question and they would be like, it's all about relationship with God. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, give me the answer. <laughs> but it led me to like, I, I had to hang out with these guys. Um, so I went to the gym with them all the time. And that was super weird for me at first, because when I went to the gym with these guys, like they'd just be praying for people everywhere and it freaked me out because I was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's not how I was taught to win anyone to the Lord because you're, you're going to scare them away. Like you're going to make God look bad. Like, like to win people to the Lord, you got to like develop a relationship with them. And then like, if they, if, if they ask you about God or faith and you know, you can invite them to church and then you can actually let the preacher you know, share the gospel and went up to the Lord. But what I was seeing when I went to the gym with these guys is they would pray for people. They'd share the gospel. People would, would just start crying like randomly, like just start feeling things in their body, like electricity, or they'd get healed all of a sudden. And like, I'm witnessing these things with my eyes. And like my education taught me that this stuff did not happen anymore. <laughs> like I had never learned this <laughs> in all of my Bible classes in any of my Christian schools and it freaked me out. But I would like, I'd hang out with these guys and I would see immediate fruit everywhere they went. I would see people get healed. I'd see people give their lives to Jesus. I would see them disciple these people. And I believe the Lord um, made me to, to live like that. I just had never seen an example laid out before me. And because of that, like I, I believe God put a seed in my heart to live like that. And when I finally got around guys that live through their relationship with Jesus, like 24 seven everyday life, um, it like awakened that seed of hunger in my heart to like really go after like, okay, like I've seen this with my own eyes now. Like this isn't like a theory anymore. This isn't about doctrine. Like what do I have to do to get there? And like, that's when I started asking all these questions about like, how do you get there? And they would only tell me like, it's about relationship with God. To where at one point they they were finally like okay like just try this <laughs> why don't you why don't you go home why don't you open up the Bible and just ask the Holy Spirit to help you and that's another thing too like 
I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. Like, I thought the Holy Spirit just existed to, like, you know, help me stop cussing and, like, help me go to church on Sundays. <laughs> I had no idea who the Holy Spirit was. So they were like, go home, open your Bible up, ask, say, Holy Spirit, will you teach me? Will you reveal Jesus to me? Will you um, shape my heart? And so I remember that day going back to back to my place, and uh, I opened to the book of Ephesians. And uh, I, I said, and this is, a, this is crazy, too. Out of growing up in church and going to Christian high school, Christian college, I'd never, ever, ever done this. I said, Holy Spirit, will you help me? Will you reveal Jesus to me? Uh, give me give me wisdom give me understanding and I read like two verses in and just wept for two hours Um, it says in in Ephesians that ever since the foundation of the world God has seen you as holy and blameless uh, because of his son Jesus and with what I'd been struggling with for years on end and the sin cycle I was in and the reason I, I couldn't get out of it and like years of lies had piled up on my heart that I was worthless, that I was no good. I was never going to be free from this stuff. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit highlights a verse to me that says, ever since the foundation of the world, through Jesus, God sees you as holy and blameless. And that truth, like that simple truth, just set, set me free of, of years of lies, shame, guilt, and condemnation. And it broke off like a 10-year sin cycle. And I, and I haven't gone back. Um, you know, I just wept for two hours because for the first time I was finally, like the Holy Spirit let me actually see myself through the lens of, of the blood of Jesus. And I'd never, ever, ever thought of myself that way. And because, like, because I, I saw myself that way and like, like the Bible says truth, truth sets you free and it keeps you free. And that one truth set me free of, of years of lies, shame, guilt, and condemnation. And so then, like, I, I just wept, you know, for two hours. And it was the first time that, like, I'd experienced God. Um, and that only just drove me to, like, hunger and thirst. I was like, I got to know. I got to know who Jesus is now. Like, I got to know him. I got to know him intimately. And I got to know him the way that my friends know him. Because I haven't known him. I've just known about him. Um, and no amount of learning can make up for, for in, encountering the real person of Jesus. Um, and so just like after that moment, like I couldn't get enough of, of the Bible. I couldn't get enough of scripture. Um, I couldn't get enough of, of praying or worshiping. I just had to be, I, I just had to know him. And so it, it led me to, to, to hunger and thirst uh, for righteousness and, and to just, to just pray so much more and to actually have a relationship with God that I never had before. And, um, and I, and I started pursuing it. Um, and I think six months later, you know, I, I, I encountered the Lord in a, in a new way to where like, um, I like, I felt his love tangibly just fill me. And it just, it not literally knocked me over. And for 30 minutes, I just, I was, I felt like I was on fire and I couldn't stop crying. Um, and, and it was like, and the Lord was like, you are, you're feeling my love for the first time. Um, and then I started to like live out the gospel. You know, I started to pray for people that I would see. And the Lord actually started to speak to me. I started to learn his voice. Um, it's not like I received like a whole bunch of crazy spiritual gifts in the moment. I was like, man, like I read the book of Acts and I was like, 
Like, why is there such a disconnect between my life and the book of Acts? Like, why don't I see, why don't I see God move like this in my life? Like he did in the book of Acts. And I was like, you know, that might be cool to go after. <laughs> so I started to pray for like everyone I saw around me that like had a cast on or was in crutches or were in a wheelchair. And and then I started to see breakthrough. I started to see people, you know, crying or experience healing and giving their life to Jesus. Um, and I started to learn the voice of God and it, and it came through me missing it a lot too. Um, and then I learned what God's voice doesn't sound like. Um, and so it, it like, I'm so, so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Like, I never knew who he was or what he was capable of until until I actually invited him into my life and, and gave him permission to uh, to speak to my heart. Um, and so, you know, and then I changed my degree from business to preaching. Um, got out of college and did a couple internships and started a ministry with uh, with. Matt General, who's, who was in that dorm room, um, and the Lord's connected me to to just nations, and I've gotten to see just the craziest things imaginable the Lord do. I've seen blind eyes just open up in a matter of seconds, deaf ears open up, dead people uh, raised from the dead, and um, thousands of, of people give their lives to Jesus throughout the Middle East and India, and uh, I'm just so incredibly thankful even just sharing my testimony i'm just unbelievably blown away because I'm, I'm only you know 29 years old now so i've been walking in this stuff for i don't know eight years um just so unbelievably thankful and i've i've gotten to just grow in intimacy with god and my relationship with him um and i'm convicted of different things than i was 10 years ago um but just like the relational aspect of, of knowing God intimately changed my life. And I could never learn enough about God to get me to the place that he supernaturally took me. Um, so one of my favorite verses is uh, when Jesus says, eternal life is this, that you may know God. And that word, the Greek word for know is gnosko. And uh, it means to experientially know him. Um, it's the same word. Mary used when the, the angel came and told her she was pregnant with Jesus. She said, how could this be? I, I have not known a man. Like that's how intimate that word is. Um, and so eternal life is not learning about God. It's not studying about God. It's not having all the right answers theologically. It's actually encountering a person. And when I really encountered the person of Jesus for the first time, um, like my heart just completely changed. Um, so <laughs> praise god praise yeah. god what do you think it is like you know because it's so true um about the fact of having a relationship with the lord having intimacy with the lord that really brings about the change like what do you what do you think it is when it comes to having that relationship versus you know trying to win or better seat so to speak because we know something versus having a relationship with the lord what do you think it is in terms of that difference Man, that's a great question. Yeah, and I can only speak on like my experience. Um, and for me, I, I think if I would have seen an example lived out before me of like power, because it, like I didn't see any power in Christianity. Like I just saw it. I saw salvation as a destination. 
I didn't know that salvation was here in the now. And like, and I think a lot of people think that when they give their life to Jesus, salvation or like one day they'll get to experience the kingdom of God. One day they'll go to heaven when, but when I saw somebody like living out relationship with God, I saw that Jesus actually wants to put heaven inside of us. And, and so like, like ever since, uh, I don't know, for nine, 10 years, whatever, since I've been really walking with the Lord, I've had a ton of people come to me and just ask me like, yo, how do I get, how do I get there? And because, because like I have the honor of living out a relationship with the Lord 24 seven everywhere I go. And so I think if, if the church as a whole can actually live out relationship with God and walk in power and purity, uh, I think a lot more people will come to, will come into like an experiential relationship with God rather than just knowledge about God. Cause that our, our culture is so like Greek oriented, like, like classroom setting, um, intellectually strong. And so we emphasize that so much, even in church, um, you know, we gather around teaching every, every week, um, and what would it look like if we, instead of gathered around teaching, teaching is a part of the kingdom, but it's just a part of the kingdom. Instead of gathering around learning, what if we gathered around the person of God and actually went after experiencing his presence? I think it would, it would um, rejuvenate a lot of hearts and, and awaken the dormant seed of hunger in a lot of people. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I love it. I love how you said is having that example, because to me, it shows the power of that example going forward in hearts and minds to bring about the change. Right. And then in addition to that change being evident in you know our lives personally, when we do develop that relationship. It's it's wonderful to see that example. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm super I am super grateful for for the way I was raised. I'm super thankful for my family. I mean, they, they instilled a, um, a love for scripture and truth in my heart. And, um, and it gave me a really good, solid foundation to build on when I actually experienced the Lord. Yeah. And that's something the Lord personally for me had to show me with my, with my mom too. It's like, I wasn't raised with this grand knowledge and grand understanding of who the Lord is, but the little bit that was there, (laughs) you know, like God still counted it as good and sufficient enough for him to work with, you know? And so the Lord taught me like still honor your mom, your mother for what she did show you, you know, but it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. And so talk about a little bit of what it is you are, um, you're doing now. I know you mentioned ministry, but if you want to talk a little bit about that, and I think you have a book as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I started 420 Ministries with my best friend, uh, like uh, two, three years after college. Um, and I was working construction at the time. I knew that I didn't, I didn't really want to work in church. <laughs> so uh, I did construction and uh, the Lord put a dream in my heart to, uh, to start a ministry. Um, I just didn't really know what that looked like. And we had been invited to go to Haiti uh, for, you know, 10 days just to live a missionary life. Um, and when we went, you know, we didn't really have an agenda. So we went from voodoo temple to voodoo temple and shared the gospel uh, with voodoo priests. And uh, that trip marked me. And we got back from that. And I went with my buddy, Matt. We got back from that. and We were really convicted because we were like, man, we've been dreaming too small. We thought of planting a church. We thought of you know, doing street ministry. But like, let's just ask the Lord for the biggest thing we could possibly ask the Lord for. Uh, so we asked him for nations. 
And within two weeks, we were connected to India. Um, we flew out to India within 30 days after that. Had no clue what we were doing. Didn't even have a mission or a vision. And we just went to teach house church leaders, around 30 house church leaders in India. And we, we showed up and they were like, uh, the dude, our, our good, our good friend handed us the microphone. He said, all right, you have seven hours a day for five days. What? <laughs> we, we want you, we want you to teach us. And I was like, bro, what am I going to say for seven, seven hours, hours a day? <laughs> that is a long time. Wow. Yeah, it's a very That's like time. a Paul ministry, right? That's what Paul used exactly. to do in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And so we were like, but we were so blown away. By what the Lord did, uh, we saw crazy things happen. We experienced the Lord together. We cried with Him. We laughed with Him. Um, and that was, you know, five, six. That was six years ago. And now they have over four hundred and fifty house churches uh, throughout India. And since then, the Lord's connected us to to Pakistan, to Nigeria, to Ireland. Um, and we've got to go do the same thing. We developed a, a mission and vision of adopting communities around the world, uh, and just coming alongside of their mission and vision and teaching them identity and sonship because that's the only thing we knew uh just who we are who we are in christ um but in 2019 um we were you know the lord started redirecting us he was like you know i want you to focus on your on your city of indianapolis and we had done regular outreaches downtown and you know stuff like that but we weren't really uh pouring into our city like we we'd wanted to and the lord said i want you to focus on downtown indianapolis um and we took a trip out to, to Upper Room um, uh, in Dallas. And um, they they told us in 2019, they said, the Lord's going to halt your travel in 2020. You're not going to travel in 2020. And you're you're going to grow roots in Indianapolis. And I was like, that's funny. Like, we're, we're an evangelistic ministry. You know, we, we travel and <laughs> share the gospel. <laughs> and uh, and that was way before anyone heard of coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, sure enough... <laughs> Sure enough, the Lord halted all of our travel in 2020. Um, and uh, he's been like, God's been developing a team around us. That's, that's incredible. And we've been growing just a local community here, downtown Indianapolis. And we've uh, really shifted our focus to like, what does it look like to, to be a community that gathers around the presence of God um, that worships him with all, with all our heart, mind, soul, uh, and strength and ministers to him and to him alone. Um, and that like a lot of people kind of get thrown off when we say we want to minister to the Lord. But what we mean by that is like, we, we really want to take care of his heart and prioritize his heart above everything else. Uh, I think a lot of people gather to minister to people. Uh, but we've, we're starting to learn that when you minister to the Lord, when you take care of his heart, he actually becomes the great shepherd in your midst and takes care of everyone involved and so yes. we're really going after like a, a community of worship and thanksgiving and praise downtown indianapolis and uh, we believe that we will s- send teams out of this community to our locations worldwide and that it'll actually um, um, influence our our communities overseas way more than we could as, as a two-man team or a three or four-man team so that's what we're doing now. Um, we meet regularly for prayer and worship, and uh, we gather around the presence. Praise God. And yeah. you mentioned that you had um, you wrote a book about, if you can talk about your book a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's called Caged Lions. 
Um, and I had, I had took me three and a half, four years to finish. Uh, I just finished it this year. Um, and it's, it's pretty much my testimony. It's, it's based off of one verse that the righteous are bold as lions uh, in Proverbs. It says the righteous are bold as lions. And like, it kind of sums up my experience growing up. I never really saw anyone that I would describe as a bold lion in the faith. Um, and like, for me, I was caged in by shame, guilt, condemnation for so, so many years. And, um, and my life verse now is Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. It doesn't say seek first the kingdom and righteousness or your righteousness, because no matter what I tried to do in my good efforts or trying to maintain an image with the Lord or with people, no matter what I tried to do, uh, AKA my righteousness, like it was filthy rags to the Lord until I realized that like every spiritual bless- blessing in heaven has been given to me through Jesus and Jesus when he died, it says, he that knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Um, like he became everything that I was, everything that I struggled with, all my imperfection, all my impurity. He, he, he became that and nailed that to a cross. And then he gave me his righteousness. And so like that's why it says in Ephesians, when God looks at me, he sees me as holy and blameless. It's only because I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. And when I have a revelation of his righteousness in me, that means that, that I'm completely full and satisfied with him. I don't need anything from anybody and I don't need to prove myself to anybody or anything. And it actually releases me to be bold in the kingdom. And now I can, I can share the gospel unashamedly. I can uh, share the father's heart. I can tell people that Jesus loves him and I don't need a certain response from anybody because I have his righteousness uh, in me. And it actually releases me to be bold as a lion. So that's what, that's what the book is, is about in a nutshell. Love that. I love that. <laughs> I love it. And that's so encouraging. Your whole testimony is just encouraging too. You know, I, I think like, you know, coming, well, at least that was part of my journey a little bit of coming into the Lord and, you know, being under this, I got to learn more in order to like, yeah. you know, be better, or like be yeah. good in God's sight. So the fact that you went through that journey and you're testifying of the Lord bringing you out, it's encouraging to hear that. And so I truly thank you, Jeff. And I just bless you too, just for coming, going and, and sharing your testimony. It's been a true blessing to have you. Uh, thank you so much. It's been an honor. I was so encouraged by Jeff's testimony. It really blessed me just to hear like the Lord revealed to him the fact that he is blameless and we are all blameless in our father's sight. And so praise God for that. Do share with us if this testimony has blessed you and let us know how it's going to encourage more people to share the testimony. And you can reach out to us on IG, um, Instagram. Our handle is My Testimony Podcast, or you can also check out the website, mytestimonypodcast.com and contact me on any one of those methods. And if you have a testimony that you want to share, free, feel free to let me know as well. I would love to hear what the Lord is doing in your life and what he has done for you thus far in your journey as well. And so I pray that you are blessed and that you go in peace in the name of Jesus and that you continue to share your testimonies.